Hey, welcome to the RTC Podcast. This is Mr. Stromboli. And I'm Dr. Cash. Welcome. And today we're going to be talking, we're going to start off by talking about the New Orleans Pelicans and if AD stayed in New Orleans. Yep, this isn't a uh, controversial topic. Um, what what would happen? Would the Pelican? Would, how would this have shaped the Western Conference? Obviously, the Lakers wouldn't be the powerhouse that they are right now without AD, and the Pelicans would be a much stronger team with the big two in Zion and AD. And not to mention, they also had they have Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, and other sharpshooters on that team. Yeah, you see an offense here that has been playing very well without the addition of Zion Williamson. I mean, with the addition of Zion Williamson. And they played well while he was injured as well. On the other side, you see a defense that has just struggled straight up. Right, they've been the third, 27th in the league ranking in defense. And, I mean, if AD stayed, he he would have brought a huge defensive presence. Um he would have been a threat in the paint, both ends of the floor. Um, this team would for sure be better on the defensive end. They'd let up less points. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree because AD is just a big – he's a big guy. And when you have that sort of presence on the inside, it makes teams try to avoid that and try to make more shots. And more shots – a layup is a higher percentage shot than a jump shot. Right. So for that reason, that's exactly what you want. And AD brings that to the team. Exactly. With less points would come from outside the paint, and AD being the threat that he is inside, like you said, most teams wouldn't want to go in there. Um, and he'd for sure help on the offensive end too, grabbing boards when necessary, um, along with Zion. They're both huge athletic freaks who can take the ball from you. They can make jumpers. They, they, they're dual threats. It's crazy. Yeah. So we did a little bit, um, and we – we saw we did a little bit of research and we saw we figured out the Pelicans most likely lineup. This is the lineup they've been using for most of the season. Consists of Derek Favors at center, Zion uh, playing the four, Brandon Ingram at three, Drew Holiday at two, and Lonzo at one. Now, by our own calculations, we tried to fit AD in, and we had AD at the five, Zion at the I mean AD at the four, Zion at the three. Holiday at the two, and we have at the five, we kind of skipped over that. We think it would be a mix of Okafor and the rookie and Hayes, and then the point guard entirely up to New Orleans. And that that brings up a lot of things. And when I look at this New Orleans team, the original one, compared to the L.A. team, I see a clear winner. When I look at this team with A.D., and then I look at the Lakers – I see way more of a competitive matchup, right? Right, clearly. And that, that starting lineup has a mix of veteran presence and uh, rookies and uh, players that are young. Uh, when you see Jackson Hayes, he's he might not have much of the spotlight in New Orleans, but he's been putting up good numbers, uh, consistent, and he's proving to be a good center. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, one thing I need to – one thing to look at here is – Let's compare this team to other teams, and we have right here the uh, Clippers lineup with Zubak at the five, Morris at the four, Kawhi at the three, and George at the two, and then Patrick Beverly, who's been a uh, who, who's been a one for most of the season. 
uh, for the Lakers. And one thing to look at here is AD Zion, they match up against this team very well. Like, you have to play Zubok and Morris against potentially two All-Stars. Right, and that, that, that obviously brings a tough matchup. And um, those two, it's crazy what they can do. They're both freaks of nature. Yeah, and now I want to go through a quick scenario here. You have the standings of the Western Conference, and if this AD team is if AD is on the Pelicans, where how far do you see the Lakers slipping? I mean, you look at last season's Lakers; they they finished at the nine spot, but again, LeBron was injured for most or some of that campaign. Um, I'd see the Lakers. I'm not going to count them out of the top eight. I'll put them at a seven or six spot just because of the leadership role that LeBron takes and uh, the fact that he he still has some quality players around him. But I'd I'd see the Pelicans above the Lakers here. Yeah, you see the Pelicans above the Lakers. So here's what I'm going to say, that if you have to take a matchup with the Lakers versus the Pelicans, with AD on the Pelicans, this is a tight, tighter game than it looks. Especially if we can, if we think that Brandon Ingram somehow has a somewhat similar season to with the what with what he had on the Pelicans, which is really a stretch here. But I think that's something that he he'll improve at least. And that's why I think the the Lakers don't drop as far as that. I think they, I think they stay ahead of the Pelicans. All right, you gave a good point there. Um... I mean, Brandon Ingram's transition this year has been incredible. Um, he's top candidate for the most improved player, and he he's been leading this team when they didn't have Zion. And if if he did do what he did this year, if he played like this with the Lakers, this matchup would be a lot tighter. You're right, and um, I think that with Ingram, Lonzo Ball, LeBron James. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, th- this this matchup would be extremely tight. I, I, d- I don't know, though, if Ingram just was a good fit in the Lakers system. That's, that's a good question. But, yeah, if he definitely had the same improvement with the Lakers that he has had with the Pelicans, it would be a much tighter matchup. Yeah, and so I... So let's for this scenario put the put the Pelicans somewhere. Uh, how far do you see the Lakers dropping? I see them dropping to seven. I, I I I they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but for regular season, I see I say I see them dropping to seven just because you you just you never know what's gonna happen with them and Brandon Ingram. And LeBron James, I, I just don't know if they, they'll be able to get it done through the regular season. Now, the playoffs are obviously different for LeBron. LeBron just ha- – he, he goes up to a, a next level, um, and he becomes a freak of nature during the playoffs. Yeah. It's he, – when he's an underdog, it, it doesn't matter when you have LeBron James, um, especially with that young group. I mean, I see them at the seven, but I see them going to the second round in the playoffs. I see them pulling off a big upset. Okay. So yeah. So say we have the Lakers at seven. How far do you move the Pelicans up? Because this potentially puts, if if the Lakers move up, like or if the Pelicans move ahead of the Lakers, just in this example, 
and we keep the regular playoff picture, that means that Lakers are either the Lakers are the seven seed, and they could play the Nuggets, and the Pelicans would be. I'm putting them at six. Yeah, so you get a matchup with Denver against um, against the Pelicans with AD, and then you get a matchup with the Jazz against. You get the no. You get a matchup with the Jazz against the Pelicans Nuggets and the, the Clippers. No Nuggets against. Yeah, it gets a little complicated there. Yeah, and then you have a team. If if both those teams win, you have another matchup of the Lakers versus exactly. Pelicans, which comes back all the way to the trade. Exactly. When you look at the Nuggets here. team that in this scenario the Lakers will be going up against, in our prediction, this Nuggets team is very young. Other than Paul Millsap, they. Most of them had their first year in the playoffs last year. I, I, They had to go to seven games against a seven seed. And, I mean, I think they get upset here by another seven seed just because of what we see LeBron doing in the playoffs his whole career. Yeah, and I can see uh, vice versa. I can see it on the other side, too, with the Jazz and the Pelicans, with AD being more of a veteran presence and able to bringing out this team. You have a lot of veteran players on this Pelicans team they don't have as much as in the Jazz and the strained relationship that we have we've seen right now from uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert brings up an interesting kind of scenario and you I could see the Pelicans winning and that could prove a very interesting right. semifinal. Matchup. I agree with you. Um, th- that those two that relationship is unquestionable is questionable. Excuse me. Right now, um, we don't know what's going to happen between them two if one of them is going to request a trade. But that that series would be tight um, between the Pelicans and Jazz. I do see the Pelicans winning that win, um, even though they they have a young team. But whatever's going on with the Jazz right now, that problem needs to be fixed for a for sure result. Yeah. So now, um, now that we've discussed that for a little bit, we're gonna go ahead and swing into uh, our next our last segment on the day which is going to be about Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings. And this is a team that they've had a very interesting ride of the season. And they're in that position now to think about if the regular season comes back, is this team a tank team or is this team going to try to go for that eight seed, which is tightly contested right now? I mean, you're right. Yeah, that eight seed is for sure tightly contested with four teams going for that spot um, behind the Grizzlies. I, I if I were if I were the Kings, I'd be going pushing for that eight seed, um, because one because that that playoff spot it's not far away. They're what three and a half games behind that eight seed, um, and it's it's not it's it, the season's not over at least for we don't know. But if we're speaking in before the season got suspended, it's not over. They still got about fifteen sixteen games left to be played, and with the healthy team, they've proven to be able to win games, finish out close contests. And I've liked them um, throughout this season. It's been a rocky season for them, but they picked it up. As it, they, They're them, the Kings, the Thunder, the Clippers, and Lakers are the only teams that have won seven or more games in the last ten in the Western Conference. Um, that, I mean, if that consistency yeah. keeps up for Sacramento, I see. I they're gonna. It's gonna be very tightly contested. They can maybe steal that eight spot. And the second reason I think they haven't been in the playoffs since two thousand two. It's been something. They've. It's been devastating for Kings fans. And I, 
I don't see why when they have the chance and they've been looking to do this for the past 18 years, why pass up on it? And I, the draft class, again, isn't too deep after the top 10, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you there, and I see your point there, but here's where I'm going to disagree with you. This team, this Kings team, they have been rebuilding for a long time, and I totally agree with that. And it might be good for the franchise, but that is a short-term deal to go after that 8 seed right now. If this team, if the regular season comes back, this team will should think about tanking here because even though you're not supposed to tank in the NBA, we all know teams do it. And with a few losses added, this team could move down way closer and they can fall down and collect a higher pick in the draft. And that may not look like something that Kings fans want, but think about it. Logically, you have a great point guard in De'Aaron Fox, and you have some key players around him. Uh, Buddy Heald has been playing great off the bench. It, it's 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 not something Heald wants, but yeah, he's been producing great off the bench. But that might lead to him requesting a trade in the future. Yeah, I, I can see that from Heald. Uh, he may not be happy, but he's having a great part off the bench. And then you have veteran players surrounding him playing very well and I just don't see a way that can pass up on getting a good talent in the draft because if they do now you're looking at a team with three solid players veteran players surrounding them and this is a playoff contender to make a run I mean yeah I mean I see what you're saying there in adding that next piece that young piece but I I just think it's time for them to go um to go 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 like hit they they need to get on that next level. They need to uh, get to the playoffs. You know, complete that, end that, end that uh, long drought. Um, they'll still have a decent pick. They'll have a 16, 17 pick, which isn't bad. But I mean, again, I I I see the playoffs. It's been their goal for a while. I I see no. I don't. I don't see why you'd let that chance go go out. Yeah. So, I agree to disagree there, and we're gonna move on to a few questions um sacramento so say sacramento makes it here now we're looking at or say they try to go for it we're looking at a comparison of the four teams that are in the race right now and we get sacramento versus memphis now this has morant uh and valachunas and anderson brooks melton Guys like that, those guys have been playing well together. How do you see them taking down the Kings? I mean, how do you see the Kings taking down a Memphis team like that? I mean, when you look at the Memphis's remaining schedule, they have very hard remaining schedule. And yes, that before the suspension, they they won key games against the Lakers, but I, I don't see that consistency going with just Morant and Brooks leading the way. Um, I think they they need to get Jaron Jackson back to healthy for me to believe in this team to hold up that eight seed. And even if the Kings don't make it, look at Portland. They're just a few games behind Memphis, and they've got Damian Lillard, who's one of the most clutch players out there, C.J. McCollum, Trevor Ariza, Zon Whiteside. I mean, all these veterans, this whole veteran presence of this team, and I think what they, they want this playoff spot really badly because they feel they have a chance that they can upset the Lakers. And I think this is Portland is the team that can do it um, I, I, I don't see Memphis right now doing, getting, holding up that eight spot. 
Yeah, which moves me to my next question. And for me, I'm going to go ahead and answer it is, which of the eight seed contenders has a chance to win against the Lakers? That's been a question that many people have had. And I know you just mentioned Portland. And I think I think that's probably the top team in this bunch. But I think the Pelicans, the way they're playing right now, the explosiveness, I think that's the team that you have to watch when you see a team like LeBron because you have to match up. You have to match up against two bigs. And I think Pelicans have that in Williamson, Ingram, those bigger guys. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think any of these guys can take on the Lakers? I think, like I said, Portland has the best shot, but I wouldn't be counting New Orleans out either because, like you said, they have a young team, but they, they, they've shown that they can get it done. They've been in close contest uh, with the Lakers, but um, in the come playoff time, you never know what Williamson and Ingram are going to do. Um, that's that's a young team um, going up against a veteran Lakers, but they're my second. I think they're my second team that can upset the Lakers out of those four. Yeah, and we're gonna wrap it up here with if Sacramento somehow makes the climb, what 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 chance do you give against them against the Lakers? I I, I mean I'd like to give them a good chance, but I, I don't see them getting past LeBron and the Lakers. I I mean I think. Maybe they'd win a game. Uh, Even with the home court excitement? Um, I mean, yeah, the, for sure the Sacramento fans would be – they'd be ro- rocking out there because um, it's it's their first playoff time in, uh, game in a while. And, I mean, the crowd's going to be there, but I, I just – LeBron James is too much in the playoffs for any team. Um, now, especially that he has Anthony Davis there. Uh, I, I think it's just too much for Sacramento. Um but I I I I'd like it if they make the playoffs. I I don't want them to tank. I think Lakers would win that game in five. Um, but yeah, I I don't see Sacramento getting past the Lake Show. Yeah. I mean, what, what's your take? If Sacramento on it? gets them playoffs, man. That's a full sweep. I don't care if anybody in Sacramento comes to the game. That is sweep town. LeBron will have <laughs> a full week of break. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this. Uh, wrap this thing up. We're gonna our final question on the day. Mark Cuban said in an article earlier this month. He said, "Quote: The NBA could return potentially in early June if everything goes right." What's your take on that? Mm. I. I mean, of course, everyone would like it to return in early June. I. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's gonna return in early June. I mean. The MLB has other sports have considered playing in empty stadiums, and MLB has even considered playing up in Japan. Uh, but I think early June is, is it's too early. I think if we're gonna bring the NBA season back, uh, play some of the regular remaining regular season games. I think I don't think it's gonna return to mid to late mid late June, maybe even early May, or excuse me, early July. What you, what do you think? Yeah. I think that I, I agree. I think it's I think it's going to be uh, early July at the best because this NBA th- they have to make sure everybody's good. Right. And come playoff time, you want to have your home home fans. So if if Adam Silver decides that's the case, he's going to have to keep delaying the playoffs, and we could see potentially he might cut the regular season. I think the most likely scenario here is we go straight into the playoffs. 
which ruins a great battle in the West for that eight seed. Exactly. Um, I mean, again, if 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 we're gonna consider getting that the league back in mid early June, I mean, playing the playoffs in empty arenas is huge. We've seen how much the the crowd makes a huge difference in the playoffs. Um, and we've seen it, uh, Toronto, Milwaukee, um, even though they're not in the playoffs, Golden State, I mean, those crowds are all rocking in the playoffs and it would just, it would, it would ruin that aspect. I mean, there'd be no point of home court advantage in empty arenas, really, um, other than I guess time change, but yeah, I I think that if, if. They're gonna to want to return in the playoffs. I'd, I'd I'd want fans there. I'd want fans there, even though it's not a great chance right now. Put it that way. Yeah. All right. So, uh, thank you guys for listening to uh, this episode. Uh, make sure you download the podcast because it really helps us out. Uh, one question that we have for you guys, or one thing we have to say, we have an, a little announcement is if the NBA season does come set a date watch out for a little premiere of a 2k tournament that we want <laughs> yep. to live stream for all of you guys yeah that will be a nice thing to kind of kick off the nba stadium we might be simulating some games people might play we don't know yet but more on that later and our last question do you guys maybe hit it in the comments below or in our social medias we have twitter instagram we're on bleacher report uh, what would should we add to the website so you guys would check it daily? Something that I don't know, something fun. If you guys know of anything that we should add to the website, let us know. Comment down below. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys' support. Thank you. <laughs>